Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sneaky Sports Podcast, season four, episode number 12 on this Friday, February 11th, 2022. Nick and Frank, how we doing on this beautiful Friday morning with, uh, I think we all have no class, definitely a change of scenery or a mix-up doing it yeah, on a Friday. I mean, it's Friday. Who's not happy on a Friday? You know, big episode today, trade deadline talk, Super Bowl talk. I'm fired up. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm a little sleep deprived because of my little dog, but all good otherwise. Now we're, we're we're all doing good here. I mean, a big show, trade deadline, and we'll talk um Super Bowl, of course. I mean, it feels like yesterday the my whole Twitter thread and like basically social media was all NBA. It felt like the Super Bowl wasn't even on. I mean, it's weird. I don't think we've ever had the trade deadline the same week as a Super Bowl. What? And the All-Star draft was yesterday, too. So, like, yeah. you had stuff busy, all day busy, busy. to, like, four. And the NFL honors, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it yesterday was a packed was day. Packed day, yeah, for sure. And we won't even get a chance to talk about the NFL honors. Although, I don't really think anybody, like, really we, thought we any of was controversial. Yeah, I yeah, think exactly. all the awards kind of went to the players well we thought. Well-deserved players. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, pretty much in this episode, I kind of covered it. We'll just, you know, recap the trade deadline, talk all these trades. The Harden-Simmons blockbuster. The Pelicans getting CJ McCollum. The Kings making a confusing move to get Demontis a bonus. Pacers getting Halliburton, of course, in return. The Porzingis trade. The Porzingis truthers. We come out on top. Porzingis, you know, we knew all along we were winning that trade. I remember we got killed. I got, I got killed for saying the Knicks won that trade back in like 2019. But of course, you know, we knew what would ultimately happen there in Dallas. And then um, we'll just kind of give our winners and losers from the deadline. And of course, wrap things up with some talk to us Thursday. So, without further ado, let's dive on in. But wait, guys, I mean, come on. Do you guys even, you know, really are, are surprised anymore? If you're a longtime listener or even a, listen, a listener for the past month, I mean, you know, you know the drill. Rate our podcast on Apple, five stars, or Spotify, as well as Spotify recently just dropped their rating system, and we would greatly appreciate it. Now, I believe we have at least one new review because I got an email about it on thechartables.com. But let's see if we got any more. I think we have one more review to read, and we do. From our man, Jacob slash Superfan. He says, I've been listening to this podcast for the last two weeks and already think it's the best podcast. Keep up the great work. We appreciate you, Jacob. Um, and once again, guys, do it for your boys. Drop a five-star rating on Apple or Spotify. Um, and of course, we'll read, the po- uh, we'll read the review on the podcast. So let's jump on into today's episode and start things off with the Super Bowl. Obviously, it feels a bit weird talking about the Super Bowl after a crazy day of NBA. I mean, it feels like I, feels like I forgot about the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, we got a big, big game, Bengals and, Bengals and Rams. Um, Rams enter this one as a four-point favorite. And, you know, kind of a, a little thing from our YouTube community is that they think 60% of people on YouTube think that Bengals will win this game from our poll and 40% Rams. So people high on the Bengals, I'm kind of surprised as, you know, Vegas says otherwise. I think that the Bengals are the more likable team, though, and that people don't, you know, really like the Ram- People like Stafford, but I don't think people really like, like the Rams and like Sean McVay. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but. I mean, the, the Bengals are definitely the more likable team in this matchup. So, guys, I mean, just I'll start off with my pick, I guess, right now. Just, you know, here we go. Screw it. I'm picking the Rams. I'm picking the Rams. 
you know, I, I can't go against Sean McVay twice in a Super Bowl. Um, obviously, that loss to Bill Belichick the first time, I, I think he's learned a lot from that loss. Um, and I think that the Rams are just a more talented team. You know, with Aaron Donald, that pass rush, they'll be able to get to Joe Burrow, um, big time Von Miller. Um, so that, that matchup, I'm looking for them to exploit that. And then, you know, on the offensive side, the Bengals just have, the Rams just have a lot of playmakers. Cooper Cup, OBJ, Van Jefferson's, you know, been coming on. So, yeah, I'm going Rams. Yeah, I'm also picking the Rams, but I, I am betting on the Bengals. Um, mm. So I, I just, something tells me that, like, you just can't pick against this team. I feel like it's almost impossible. I think two rounds in a row I did. And this whole Cinderella story kind of thing, and I don't know. It just seems like seems like there's magic in the air. And I get that the Rams are, you know, more talented playing at their home stadium, have more experience. But, you know, the Bengals are still playing with nothing to lose, whereas the Rams have a little pressure on them. You kind of talked about, like, the pass rush. I think the Bengals will have a good way to counteract that with their screen game. The Rams are very susceptible in the uh, screen game as well because Troy Reader is a liability in coverage at linebacker. So I think that that's a matchup that the Bengals look to exploit, and Tyler Boyd's going to work a lot underneath in the zones. But both of these teams have controlled the clock a lot in the playoffs. The Rams are averaging 36 uh, minutes of time of possession, and the Bengals 34. So I do think it might be a little bit of a boring Super Bowl. It'll be slowed down. Both teams will try and run the football, make sure that they can protect their quarterback from the pass rushes on both sides. You talked about the Rams pass rush, but the Bengals pass rush has been just as good, really. Trey Henderson has been unbelievable. Lou Amarano has done an excellent job with that defense. They love to make adjustments at halftime. And even though, you know, they could be down 21 to three, I don't think they're ever out of a game um, because of Joe Burrow and because of his ability to come back and, and not really make mistakes where Stafford sometimes does. So I'm going to pick the Rams, but my heart is telling me, you know, that I'm rooting for the Bengals. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. Uh, Joe Burrow hasn't made those mistakes in the last month, but like earlier in the season he was, so he's cleaned that up, but you know, hopefully he can play a clean game here, but you're absolutely right with Stafford. It's something we've been hitting on all season and we saw it versus the Niners. He was trying to give that game away a little bit. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've been picking against the Bengals like the whole playoffs too. I, I said very, very early on in the season, I think this will be a playoff team. Um, I had them beating the Raiders in the first round, but the last two weeks I was not only said they would lose, I was like, this is my lock of the week. Like the Titans are going to beat them. The Chiefs are going to beat them. So I've been burned twice um, and I'm ready to get burnt a third time. I'm on the Rams, baby. I mean, they're just better at every, every level. Um, I feel like the Chiefs were too, but something about this Rams team, I, it feels like a pretty special year for them. Um, and they just, this is just such a talented team. I could see why a lot of people don't like them. Like the Bengals are kind of America's team right now. Some people feel as if the Rams like bought this bought the team, Super Bowl, yeah. right? in a way, but it's like, I, I don't view it like that. I mean, I, I can't hate on OBJ as a Giants fan. Um, obviously, as a fellow Seminole, I got my boys Jalen Ramsey and Cam Akers in there too. So I got to root for them. Um, and I, I've always been a Stafford guy too. Um, but I love Joe Burrow and his time will come. I just, I, I just don't see them winning this game. I think the Rams are too talented. And as you said, McVay's already been here. I don't think he's going to lay another egg like he did last time. No, yeah, but the Bengals only have one player. Uh, who has Super Bowl previous Super Bowl experience? That's crazy. Uh, that's something who is that? As well, I'm it's not like sure exactly. Quarterback, right? I think I saw it on Instagram. I'm not sure. I, I probably should know this, but it's like someone in the secondary, I believe. But anyways, the not thing you laugh. said, the thing you said about <laughs> the thing you said about you know pressure, Frank. Though I, I disagree. Like, okay, the Rams have pressure, right? That's obvious. But the fact that the like people think the Bengals have no pressure, dude, it's the Super Bowl. 
you made it to this point. It like people, yes, there's pressure in a Super Bowl. Like they're not just like coming out there with, oh, if we lose, it's not a big deal. Of course they want to win. There's pressure on both sides. This is the biggest game of the NFL that has the offer. Oh, well, like, nobody's like, saying that there's no pressure on them, but they're playing with house money. Nobody ever expected. Yeah, but I think when you, you reset expectations, when you get to this point, though, I think that's a, a fair, you reset expectations. They, they've already proven everybody wrong. I mean, they beat yeah, the but Titans. They, they've got, but you know how hard it is to get back here. You know, there's no guarantee. Like, look yes, at the Patriots. The first, Joe Burrow's. Joe Burrow's in his second year. He's still on his rookie contract. I, I understand that, A lot that, of cap space. They can continue to build. Aaron Rodgers, though, had 12 years, and he hasn't made it back. It's um, it's not a guarantee you get back. That's yes, 100%. I'm so I think but, they're coming in with the expectation that we want to win this game, and we're and there's a lot of pressure on us to get this win. And, and you know, really they certainly have a chance. I think they have a really good chance. No, they they really do, do have a really good chance. Really quick, I, think this, I just want to throw out there, the player with the experience is Ricardo Allen from his uh, safety. Falcons. Yeah, that's so. what yes, it was. exactly. That's yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, oh, he does not have a good Super Bowl experience. We'll leave it at that. But neither do, neither does McVay though. In the Rams. no, I Aaron mean, I, th- I think the Rams loss was a little less disheartening than what the Falcons pulled off personally. But yeah, they were both. I, the I Rams had the best saying, offense though. in the NFL, and they scored three points. Yeah, but I, I get what Frank is saying though. It's definitely like a double edged sword because yes, like obviously they don't have pressure. Like the Rams are like you got to win it all like right now, otherwise it's kind of a failure. Whereas the Bengals will be able to build for the future. But at the same time, it's like it's never guaranteed in the NFL. It's just never guaranteed. Um, there's a lot of good teams in the AFC. Like, you know, the Ravens for one will be back next year. They're not like their whole team isn't going to be hurt next year. So that it's going to be an obstacle. Teams like the Bills and the Chiefs are still going to be there. It's not going to be guaranteed every year. Um, with that being said, though, I, I, I disagree. Thing this is going to be a boring game, though. I know both teams have kind of controlled the clock a lot this postseason. But I think I think we're looking I don't want to say like a super high scoring shootout, but I think we're going to see some back and forth action here, especially yeah. in the second half. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm thinking it's going to be like 24-21 or something like that. Like, I don't think it's going to be outrageous with scoring, but I do think it'll come down to the last possession, and I think that makes for a good game in itself. Yeah, and I will say, like, obviously, just like everybody else, I'm concerned about the matchup, uh, Aaron Donald and, you know, all those guys versus the Bengals offensive line. But, like, we've been saying this for weeks now, like the Titans, you know, the, the nine Chiefs, sacks. Chris yeah. Jones, like, like, like it, but it just hasn't stopped them, though. It's, it's the weirdest thing ever. Um, I mean, Joe Burrow was like running for his life on some of those plays, but it just doesn't seem to matter. They're just breaking all laws of like anything that we've known about football and they're just winning. So it is hard to pick against them. But once again, I'm on the Rams. Yeah, man, this, this Super Bowl is, um, it's just gonna be a fun one. Like I it's, said, with, with, with predictions, with predictions, especially for games like this, I think it's really hard to, you know, come out in here and pretend that like, oh, we know for, for a certain, you know, one team will win. Like this is a 50, 50 toss up. And like, the thing is, like, the argument for the Rams is, like, yeah, Aaron Donald's going to dominate this game. But like you just said, Graf, like, has it really affected the Bengals too much? Sure, it's affected them, but they've been able to overcome it, which exactly. is just Exactly, and it's so – it's such a bizarre thing because that's always, like, the number one thing, offensive line play, but not for the Bengals, Not I with guess. Joe Burr. It's, it's, it's <laughs> destiny, it seems like. We'll see. Exactly. That, it just – the whole Cinderella story getting even this far, it just seems I like- know, but the Rams, dude, this is the Rams. This is like uh, five years. You, you, I feel like the Rams, this is the moment they've been waiting for for a long time. I mean, yeah, since trading all those picks, continuing to build on this team with, with Sean McVay, all those playoff losses when you lost to um, the Falcons in the wild card that one year, when you lost to the Patriots, I feel like this is all of this trading for Matthew Stafford. I think this is 
the time that they, you know, have to win. This is like one of the last years they have a real sh- a chance to win. This. I agree. And dude, this Rams team is like, is like golden state with Kevin Durant. I mean, like they just added Von Miller and Odell in the middle of the season when they were already but one it's of the most not, though, because golden team. state would never even be like worried about, I mean, they were down 10 points in the NFC championship versus the Niners. Almost yeah, I know Bucks. you're absolutely right. Cause that's just more of an NFL versus NBA thing. Yeah, like, exactly. It's never given in the NFL like that, but it just has that same kind of vibe where they just have so many big names, so many players. It, it would, I don't know. It would definitely be a huge disappointment for them to lose. Whereas like at the no, Bengals. It lose. wouldn't be as shocking as the, the Cavs beating the Warriors though with like, with KD. Like, yeah. Would, like not uh-huh. even close. Like the Cavs, we knew they had no, they had no chance. Like they had mm-hmm. no, it was the most boring finals to watch. Like as a, as a big NBA fan, I was disappointed in those like two finals is with KD and, and versus the Cavs. Well, yeah, I fun. think. I think everybody was. Yeah, but, I mean, it wasn't yeah. fun. We knew it was over at the game, game zero. <laughs> it was over before it started. Yeah, well, I'm expecting much better things from this Super Bowl, though. Oh, no, I think no, it's going to no, be no. a great game. Yeah, I'm excited for sure. I think everybody is. But this Super Bowl, kind of, you know, nobody expected one team to be here. And then you have, like, a superstar-driven team. So it's a lot of excitement, especially since, you said, the Bengals have become America's team. I think that's really the big thing. Everybody, it seems like, is almost rooting for the Bengals. Like, mm-hmm. everybody, like, they've taken over. Yeah. I just think if Eli Apple wasn't on that team, they'd be universally, like, the favorite team by everybody. But Yeah, because he's hated by, like, nine, like everybody. fan bases, for sure. Giants, I mean, uh, Giants uh, and Saints, Saints and Ravens. Yeah, why does – I don't know what his beef with the Ravens is at all. <laughs> no, he was on the team for a little really? bit. He was, was he really? Like, training, I think he was, he was on the training. Panthers for a little bit, wasn't he? No, I think he was on the Ravens, I'm pretty sure. Like, for at least a training camp. Because why would he beef at them, like, so much? No, like, I think he was talking shit about them. Like, that's why. Like, in, and, they like, yeah, when they won the division. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I he know. the guy doesn't stop talking. He literally doesn't stop. No, he does not. Let's talk about the NBA talk, now. And the Harden-Simmons blockbuster. It finally happened. Harden lands in Philly. Simmons goes to Brooklyn. Simmons was in Brooklyn today to get his physical. Actually, he's reportedly ecstatic to be there. And he said that uh, him and KD already chatted. So, you know, that's obviously a good sign. The full trade details is the Sixers get James Harden and Paul Millsap. The Nets get Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Drummond, and two first-round picks. Um, Ultimately, at the end of the day, I think it's a win-win for both sides. You know, Simmons wasn't playing for Philly. Harden wasn't happy with, you know, the situation in Brooklyn, obviously. You know, he sat out three games because of hamstring tightness. I mean, we all know. Um, so I, and I think it's a win-win, you know, we kind of criticized Daryl Morley, uh, for not pulling the trigger on some trades, but you know, they, they got back James Harden and although he hasn't played well this year, I mean, that return pretty much for just Seth Curry and Drummond, because Ben Simmons hasn't played is more than you can ever ask for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, the Sixers got super lucky here that like the whole James Harden situation happened because had it not happened, he didn't like force his way out. They would have been screwed. They would have been stuck with a guy like Jeremy Grant or like whatever CJ McCollum, like we were talking about, but this was like the exact trade we predicted last episode, like literally player for player. We said Seth Curry and Andre Drummond and then like all of that. And so I don't know, like there's not too much to talk about here. Like, as you said, I think both teams won. Ben Simmons wasn't playing. James Harden wasn't happy. Now both teams get players in new situations. And I think it makes both teams better. Um, I think this, I think both of these teams are legitimate contenders again. Um, obviously the Nets keep losing, but I mean, that team only goes as far as Kevin Durant can take them. So he's got to be healthy. But as for the Sixers, it's going to be super, super interesting to see how that all works out because that's a, it's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on there. James oh, it's Harden a lot of stuff on both sides. Though. Yeah. It's a, it's, 
but I mean, Ben Simmons, though, they said he was in Brooklyn today. He's excited to be there. Um, he took his physical. So maybe he will be playing sooner than we think. And that's... I think uh, I think we'll be playing. In a... They play Philly in 10 days at Philly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm assuming he'll probably. No, no, it's, it's, I think right it's March 10th. No, 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 no. Yeah, it was March 10th. It was a month. Oh, it's March 10th. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I think you probably mixed it up. They, they, they need 10th. Ben Simmons now, though, because right now, like, they're legitimately like slipping in the standings, and KD's not going to be back for like another month. And yeah. you don't want to be this. You don't want to be a playing team. You know. If oh you no, they play. they will be because they're like two games out of the sixty at this point. And the Knicks, man. Yeah, but they got we, plenty of time to cover okay, that okay. ground. They just don't, but listen, they don't want to keep slipping. Their schedule is hard though. They don't have. They have a lot of home games, and Kyrie can't play for those. I think. Like 19 of the next 29 games are at home. So Kyrie can't really play that much. And I'll say this, if the Knicks get that 10 seed, we get that opportunity to knock Brooklyn out of the playoffs. That would just be the, the most legendary moment for such a disappointing season. But that would be something else. I'll say this about the trade. Yes, it's a win-win for both sides. But however, you know, all wins aren't equal. The Sixers had the bigger win, Okay. Like coming into, I, I think that's fair. Like yeah, coming into this um you know season, we thought that they would get like CJ McCollum or Malcolm Brogdon. And look, I mean shit, I was the one saying like, oh, they're they're stupid for not wanting to, you know, um take Malcolm Brogdon in a first round pick. And I mean, I think we all know, were though. Yeah, I mean, no, I, we all were everyone, everyone was the whole was. NBA and Daryl yeah. Morey to his credit was patient and waited for James Harden and he got him. So he got his guy. And that's that's huge. For Sixers, you think about this trade. What were they before the trade? A six, five, six seed, a maybe probably a first, a first round exit. Yeah, probably a first round exit because yeah. of the Bulls, the Heat, the Bucks, um, and, and the, the Nets. Nets. I so gotta tell you something. A- the, the Sixers would fucking decimate the Bulls. They, that is not a good match. Yeah, so actually, maybe okay. So <laughs> let's say they were arguably a first round exit. Most likely, if they played three of the four best teams in the East. Now you have to look at it like you're beating the Bulls. You're beating the Heat. You're, and then the Bucks and Nets are toss-ups, but you're beating the Heat in the in the Bulls now with, with Harden. The Nets, the Nets, I think arguably got worse by this deal. But however, just because Harden was so frustrated, it's not bad getting Simmons and having. And this is the big thing for Brooklyn, having Simmons under contract long term now ensures that Kyrie will resign because you have KD under contract until 2026, you have Simmons until 2025. And before, mm. if Harden left, I mean, there was no guarantee that Kyrie wouldn't leave as well. Because what if you have just Harden and Kyrie leave, and then you leave KD by himself? So at least this trade now puts Ben Simmons with KD, ensuring that you have two star players for the foreseeable future, and probably three with Kyrie, and he'll resign this offseason. So that's huge. But the basketball fit between Simmons, I am not the biggest fan. I know everyone keeps saying, oh, Simmons, the, pairing you know him with two scores is fantastic. I don't think Simmons is really a good fit with any other shot creator. It's not like Kyrie's a, a stand-up shooter. He's a shot creator. He wants the ball in his hands and to you know maximize his talents. You want the ball in his hands, and but Simmons can't play off the ball. So you're basically you know in the fourth quarter of clutch time giving the ball to Ben Simmons and leaving Kyrie off the ball, which he could do, but it's not his game. It's not his game. He's more of a shot creator. Wants the ball in his hands. And it reminds me of like the Jimmy Butler thing all over again, where it's going to become a mess in the, in the playoffs and the clutch time. And Ben Simmons in the half court is just so limited offensively in the fourth quarter clutch moments postseason that I just, I'm not a fan of this. I, like, I'm sorry, but like the Nets, you had Harden, Kyrie, Katie, you had the most uh, explosive offensive big three ever. So going to, from that to this is kind of a little frustrating, but you get Seth Curry. 
I like the spacing overall on the team with, um, you know, Mills, Joe Harris, Seth Curry. You have some shooters. Well, I think Curry's that's where huge. the Nets really got the advantage in this trade, though. Well, Their depth has improved. Uh, Andre Drummond, too. Like, Drummond's not great, and we meme on him, but the other bigs, like Nick Claxton, has been horrible for them. Marcus okay, Embiid, Embiid, respectfully, Embiid is putting Claxton, Drummond, and all those bigs in a toaster. No, no, I get that totally. I mean, Embiid's putting everybody in the wash. Like, let's be yeah. realistic, but... I'm just saying, like, Drummond is a guy who can give them, like, some solid minutes off the bench because the Nets legitimately did not have, that. like, Blake Griffin. Like, yeah. they were all playing horrible this year. So, yeah, I mean, the Sixers' depth is a little concerning. They need – they're going to get somebody in the buyout market. I don't think they're going to stay with Paul Millsap because he's just – Yeah, he's terrible. Toast. But, <laughs> yeah, like, they, they need somebody. Um, but I don't know. It's it, Like, I just can't definitively say how this is going to work out for the Nets, but it is going to be so interesting. Lineups with Ben Simmons at the center – and then KD, Kyrie, Joe Harris, Curry. I mean, that, that's the best possible lineup for Ben Simmons. And if they can just get him to be like a Draymond Green level, like offensively in terms of taking shots and like hitting like 30%, like from three, like at least be willing to shoot them if you're wide open. Like if they could just get him to that level, I, I think they'll be fine. I mean, that's a ton of talent. They're a lot better defensively. They have more versatility now because um, they have Seth Curry. And then once Joe Harris comes back and Patty Mills, like they have, some of the best shooters in the league. So that's a good point though. Like Ben Simmons needs to play more of a Draymond role where he's not mm -hmm. taking the ball from Kyrie so much. Like Kyrie should still be like the Steph Curry of the team. Although he can't do as good of a job because Steph's much better, better off the ball. Yeah. But like mm -hmm. you just can't have a situation where it's the fourth quarter of clutch time games and Ben Simmons is playing point guard and he's bringing up the ball every possession. Cause I want Kyrie with the ball, honestly, in my opinion, over Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons setting screens, like just kind of just, you know, running around, you know, just, well, kind of you know just creates some offense it's the it's it's good like that's really just effort and maximizing the, the the best ability for your team i mean you see it from draymond on a nightly basis like what he does what he does off the ball when he works like without the ball in his hands as a scorer like if ben simmons is going to put in that effort we all know the potential that he has i mean people were comparing this guy to lebron coming out of college he just yeah, got yeah, a lot of do. He just got to want to do it though. He's a very, very talented player. He, he can become the next Draymond Green, realistically. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, and now also defensively with KD and Ben Simmons, like they're going to be locking up wings on other teams. I, obviously, know, rim protection is still a big thing, and that'll come into play versus the Bucks and the Sixers. But I mean, just in terms of wing defense, that's probably one of the best duos in the yeah, world. Yeah, but I wouldn't mind putting Ben Simmons on Giannis. Yeah, but I would mind putting Ben Simmons on Embiid. Like, that's, like, the matchup I keep thinking about now because I've seen Embiid play, like, these last – this last month, he's been on an absolute tear. And if he stays healthy, like he's oh, no, no. I, I think he might be the MVP right now. You know, he's no, definitely second right now, I'd no, say. He's def oh, it's tough. Like, it's between him and Jokic. It, it's close. It's, it's so close. close. But, I just think but you know what? That media has the bias of kind of, like, it's hard to win it two years in a row. Back, yeah. So, like, probably uh, – It's Embiid. not even that. I just, like, just watch the games. Like, Embiid has this, like, type of, like, he could just impose okay, his will watch Jokic. I'm sorry, but you, you're not watching Jokic. I, I'm more afraid player. of Embiid in a playoff series than Jokic, assuming he's healthy Jokic's playoff – wait, Jokic's playoff numbers are so much better than Embiid's. I don't know. And, I'm just seeing the way Jokic, here. I'm sorry, but the one time Embiid didn't have Simmons in the playoffs, they got swept by Boston. Swept. And, I mean, look at what Jokic did. They beat the Blazers, and I know the Blazers aren't the best, oh. but, like, how much oh. how much better are the, the, the Celtics with Kemba Walker and G? How much better was that team? Well, they didn't the have Simmons. Who did they have out there? The, the, the Nuggets, who do they have out there? MPJ is their second best your, player. Your boys, MPJ and Jamal yeah. Murray, the best but players. No, MPJ played real. No, Jamal Murray was out that series versus the Blazers. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. And MPJ know. was terrible in that series. He averaged like 12 points per game. He was terrible. Jokic was carry. Jokic had Aaron Gordon as his second best player.
Aaron Gordon is the second best player, and, and they're still have a good record. Like they're like 31 and 24. Like they're I don't know. like they're a good team. I'm just saying in the playoffs this year, I don't want to run into Joel Embiid. I'm terrified of him. I mean, he's wow. literally averaging 30 points per game and he only plays like 32 minutes. Like it's ridiculous. Jokic averages 26, 14, and 8. 26, 14, 8. Who, Jokic? That is, yes, that is ridiculous. Like, come on. I mean, I guess, but like Embiid's like those same numbers minus the block, like the assists. And like, I don't really care about that. I don't know. You know, that's like just I not what he's asked no, to do. The whole defensive argument, though, is such BS because like, no, Jokic, Jokic is a good defender. Yeah, I still think Embiid's one of the best a better defenders. defender. He's a better defender, but Jokic is very good. He's actually, yes, there's much. no doubt. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, let's move on, though. This trade kind of made me roll my eyes. The Pelicans traded for CJ McCollum. Um, he shot 6 of 21 in his debut yesterday versus the Heat, so kind of off to a rocky start. Um, was this move made to satisfy Zion? Because obviously, like, there's already been rumors, like, he wants out. He's not happy. Um, the full trade details are the Pelicans received CJ, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell, and the Blazers received Josh Hart. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who they then traded for nothing. Uh, Sadoransky, D.D. Luzada, and a first-round pick and a second-round pick. Um, this just makes zero sense, um, I, the, at least from the Blazers' perspective. The Pelicans are trying to make a push for the play-in spot, so, like, sure. I don't think this is a very smart move long-term, though, because, like, how, how much does C.J. McCollum raise your ceiling? From the Blazers, this move makes absolutely no sense. Like, the best asset in this whole deal was probably Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and then you just gave him up for no reason. So they're, like, rebuilding, but also trying to compete. Like, it's just so mind-numbing. Like, how no. can you make sense of any of this? What are they trying to do? Like, they're trying to they're, clear they're, cap space. Yeah, but, like, cap space for who? Who's signing? Okay, so, so, no, no, this is, like, apparently, like, this is, like, what you're hearing as a plan because they're trying to get two free max slots. Like, they're trying to free up two max slots with Dame. I'm sorry, but yeah. nobody signing he doesn't with have the pull that like Kevin Durant does. Yeah, and Dame was also having his worst season. No, but you you could no, you could do a sign in like like they're trying to get like assets to do a sign in trade for Bradley Beal and like some other guy like maybe another big man. I, with, I think like, they'd be better off where Dame leaves as well because in my eyes Dame can't even be the best player on the uh, a championship team, and I think it's pretty clear. Yeah, that's fair, all, that's fair. He was having his worst season of his career. He's not going to play By for far. the rest of the season, and he's 32 years old now. So, like, it, it's he can't recruit guys. He would need to be the second guy recruited by somebody else. And that's just the reality of our well, reality is that all point guards are not the best player on a championship team. Steph well, yeah, Curry but, arguably was never, unless that one year where the Cavs had their whole roster out. No, you know, you're definitely right. For the past 10 years, it's been a win for the most part. Yeah, so, of course, that's just how the, the NBA is. On a championship mm-hmm. team. You know what? John Morant might be better than Dame at this point. I would take John. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think we're forgetting how like Dame had a, a tough season this year. There's no doubt. But last yeah, season, but he's, he's also on the. Like, he's also almost 32 years old. And you got to remember, like, not it's better. not just he had a tough season. He had a really tough summer Olympics as well. And sure, you don't want to count it or whatever. That competition's worse than the competition in the NBA, and he was struggling in that. Yeah. So okay. So but last year he was what the eighth best player. I think most people eight and nine behind Embiid and him were like. Eight nine, I think, but yeah, he was obviously still a like, top so he's, player. He's but. probably still a top twenty player. Like I, I don't, you can't drop him that much. But at this point, so you're going to clear all that cap space. He's thirty two years old. You're going to try and get two max guys via signing trades. That's and how what many they're planning. Who are the big free agents this year? Like I don't even know. It's not like Jokic. Well, no, because like potentially maybe just a because they can also in the off season you can do trades where you like receive all the salary and you don't have to give any back so they can make a trade for Bradley Beal this offseason like and 
then signed some other big man. Like, I don't like know what Zach they're... Levine. Russell no, no, not Westbrook. Zach Levine. Like they're trying to get another big with Bradley. I think I saw Bradley Beal and some other guy, and then they want to get a top five pick to maybe get like Chet Holmgren. So that's their plan. They want to try to get. And they tra- they traded all their picks. They don't have. Picks. No, they had no. They have picks. They, they have, have their, their first pick. Round pick. It's like top ten protected, but then they no, trade they, another no, pick. They have like their own first round pick this year, which is going to be really good. It's going to be like top five, probably because they're terrible. Know. I mean, they're, 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 they're so, terrible. So you're telling me a lineup of 32 year old Damian Lillard and 19 year old Chet Holmgren is competing? Like for what? <laughs> no, it, dude. I mean, like, like say that out loud and think about how ridiculous. Dude, no, if you happen. get Chet Holmgren with like, so let's say this. Let's say they get Jeremy Grant. Bradley Beal, Dame Lillard, Chet Holmgren. That those four. I don't know. I mean, like it's something. I don't like it's something. I mean, it, it, oh it's yeah, it's a not, great eight seed. It's a great like six seed. Yeah, it's a great like six it's, seed. No. I, I like all the all these kids are going to be great. Chet Holmgren, pa- Paolo, Javari Smith. They're all going to be great, but they're not going to com- contribute to a winning championship team in their first oh, two no, years. No, no, I agree. But the that's the direction Portland's going in. You're asking it's, the direction. It's moronic, and it's absolutely moronic. Just, yeah, it makes no sense. They cleared I mean, sixty million in cap over the day. You laughed when I just said it. Damian Lillard and Chet Holmgren and Bradley Beal. Who, who, what is that going to do? <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be the five seed in the West. I mean, you're, you're laughing right now because it's no. Stupid. Okay, listen. But I'm telling. Okay, now let's move on to the Pelicans though, because I want to talk about this. They're yeah. twenty one and twenty one since the one and twelve start, and they're the ten seed right now. So like this move pretty much is indicating that they want to make the play in tournament and, and that's a good move but i think the bigger thing is they want to keep zion and happy him happy long term like this move really wasn't about making the 10 seed this year it was more so let's keep zion happy let's add another player because willie green the coach of the the, the pelicans has done a fantastic job and to all accounts the locker room loves him like you saw josh hart and Nikhil alexander walker stay they st- so after they got traded you yeah, guys saw, saw them probably they stayed for the game that shows the culture that Willie Green's building there in, in, in New Orleans. And if you can get Zion to buy in with a vet like CJ McCollum, who, you know, hopefully can, you know, give him that veteran, veteran leadership. You know, Brandon Ingram's playing incredible, was the Western Conference player of the week last week. So there's a lot to be excited about in New Orleans. Sure, this roster probably maxes out at like, you know, not that good of a seed. But if Zion can continue to develop, Brandon Ingram can continue to develop, you know, you may have something. You, you need a point guard. You need a point guard still. But you know, the, they, they may oh excuse me, they might have something, is what I'm gonna say. I just I still think CJ McCollum is one of the worst contracts in basketball, though. Um, and yeah. so I don't I think that really, really limits them. Look at this. The next two seasons, he's making 33 and 36 million dollars. And it's like that's almost a max deal for a guy who scores like a relatively inefficient like 20 and doesn't really give you defense, and he's not like a notable playmaker. Like wh- how how does that help you? It's really it doesn't. It helps. It's like a short-term move that is like just trying to bridge over keeping Zion there. And I don't know. To me, the thing that shows me that Zion doesn't want to be there in the first place is he's not even rehabbing with the team. Rehabbing Um, in Portland. (laughs) Yeah. I don't – I personally think that that makes no sense. And if I was an organization, I wouldn't allow rehab outside of the facility unless you had a major, major surgery or something. How will you let him leave the team? He doesn't want to be around his teammates every day rehabbing in the facility. No connection. He's completely away. He's across the entire country rehabbing. It's a move, I guess. Their goal maybe is to make the play in this year, and they, they say, Zion, you know, you come back, we'll be a legit playoff team year in and year out. But the reality of it is, it just is all so weird. And you've heard those reports where his parents came and said, like, oh, he doesn't want to be here, this, this, and that. I don't know. 
No, I agree. I mean, he's and a the big guy. Man. Looked like Santa Claus before the season started. He was three hundred thirty-five pounds. I mean, he was. Huge. It's it's weird because the timeline keeps like changing. You, I saw a David Griffin press conference. The obviously the GM, um, and like he kind of didn't sound confident. Like when Zion would return, he's like, "Yeah, oh, oh, we we've talked to him last week." Like he literally said, "We talked to him last week about it." Last week. He was feeling good. I mean, like, come on, you talked about a week he's ago. Not playing this season. I don't even think that's like a question at this point, and, right? David Griffin said eight weeks ago, he said eight weeks ago that we'll have a, a big update on Zion in six weeks. The update never came. It still hasn't came two weeks later. And he said, he's now he's it. saying next week we'll, we'll give an update. Like he's never going to give an update. Yeah, he's not going to play. But th- it's so weird because before the regular season, they were like, okay, he'll be ready for the first night. And look where we are now. We're almost at the all-star break. No, no, he, they, they, said, no they might have lied about his injury. Something must have happened. Like, like I think they, well, they said he had the severity of it, and then he had to get like more surgery because like the first one got screwed up or something. So he he had a setback in rehab, I think, as yeah. well. But yeah, it's just this, this is now the second injury that's been weird. Remember his rookie season when he had to miss like the first fifty games. People don't remember that he wasn't supposed to miss that long. Like mm-hmm. they said originally, it was like twenty games. He'll be he'll be back in like November, I mean, December. Now think about it. He's played less. He sat out more games than he's played. Through so far, oh, through obviously, his, but my point is like they said his rookie season he would be back in like December. The season started October. He didn't come back until February. Like mm-hmm. that that was concerning at the time. Then he plays like all of last year. Last year was very encouraging. All NBA, All Star, plays most of the games. But then this year it's kind of like you know you thought he would be back for like the first five games of the season. They thought it was like a one week removed from the uh, opening night, and then he hasn't been back since. Probably won't be back this season. You know, well, that's something, I mean, that was obviously one of the big red flags on him when drafting him. Like, not like a red flag, but one of the downsides is, like, potential injury concerns. And obviously, it's kind of derailed his career to this point. I mean, that's, like, been the whole story of his career is the injuries. Um, the foot injuries are weird, though. So, I mean, it's not, it's not the craziest thing. They're always very confusing, very hard to, like, put a timeline on, especially when you're that big, you know. So, I think it's really, really strange, though, and I, I don't think he's playing again this year. I think anybody who thinks that is lying to themselves. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Agree. I mean, if, if they if they made this move without kind of, you know, because this move to me is all about Zion. I mean, they, they just need to do something. They also need a point guard, though, because they don't have a point guard, and it's that's going to be a problem when Zion they does come back because that fit between Zion and B.I. was also very weird to begin with, and now you have, like, another scoring guard who can't play make. I don't know. It, it feels like a desperation move. Let's see if it pans out. Um, all right, let's move on to the Kings. Um, the Kings, uh, who made a pretty interesting trade, and I know some people are walking back on it after Sabonis had a good first game with the Kings. I am certainly not. I'm sorry. Even if Sabonis plays like an all-star, averages 25 points per game, 12 rebounds, the, the trade was still a failure because the bottom line is you give up Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, Tristan Thompson, um, who's expected to be bought out by Indiana anyways, and you basically get Demonta Sabonis, and then you get two throw-ins in Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday. Now, basically what this trade boils down to is a swap between, you know, Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald for Demonta Sabonis. And if you're the Kings, you made this trade because you think Demonta Sabonis is the best player in the, in the deal right now. You think he's the best player out of the three, which I disagree I, with. I, I think Halliburton's the best player. I don't know. I'm, I'm in the min- uh, minority on that. I understand that, but I think Halliburton's the best oh, player. I, I completely agree with you. And you know what? Think, yeah, I would ahead. go as far as, as to say that Halliburton's better than Fox already. He might be. He, he and, might. And, and, I, and I think that I think that the Kings traded the wrong guard 
Halliburton's younger. He fits their timeline more. They haven't gone anywhere with Aaron Fox. This is his worst season in the past few. And it's, it's just, are we even surprised at this point? We say this about the Kings all the time. They just consistently, constantly keep making mistakes. And Halliburton's a winner. And they went and told him a month ago that he's going to be a part of their future. And then they trade him. It's a poorly run organization that has no respect for their players and no sense of direction of what they're going in. They're a joke. The thing that stood out to me the most about this whole trade is Tyrese Halliburton cried when he found out he was being traded. Like, that guy loves Sacramento. He loves Sacramento. How many players are you going to find that, like, are loyal and want to be there and want to help contribute to, like, a winning culture? Like, they screwed themselves. I mean, like, you don't get guys like that very often. And for a team like Sacramento, who hasn't done anything in forever, they, I mean, and it's just a bad look to trade somebody away like that. Players aren't going to want to go there. And I completely agree. Halliburton's a better player than Sabonis right now. I say it all the time. Fox. Sabonis is the he's Russell Westbrook Fox. of power forwards. He's the he's the Russell Westbrook. He just compiles stats. Very overrated. He's so overrated. Nothing he does really contributes to winning. And yes, he had a great first game. I don't care who who they play. They played like some rant, like the, the T Wolves or something. I mean, the T Wolves are like, solid, but they're, they're solid. But like, who cares? Like, that's not like changing my mind on anything. It's one game. Yeah, look, um, because, I think, yeah. Go, I mean, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, like we we see all the numbers on Tyrese Halliburton. He's a future star. It's his second year in the league. He's averaging like fifteen and seven. He's a tremendous three point shooter. I know his form is like weird as hell, but it goes in, and he can shoot off the dribble too. So like, it works. I I, I just oh, this trade is so upsetting. You know, since becoming a starter, I think in like the last 24 games, he's averaging 19 points and nine assists. Like near 20 and 10, he's a those numbers are, player. Those are, he's a those are better player. Those are better numbers than Fox already. Yeah, are they Fox not? is like, 20, Fox is like 21. Fox. Yeah, Fox is like 21 and like six, but they're very inefficient numbers. Yeah. Like his efficiency is down. But like, yeah, and he's a better shooter. Like Fox is shooting like 30% from three. And he's a better playmaker. And he's a better four. defender. Yeah, exactly. He beats him in multiple categories. Yeah, so Halliburton, Halliburton's on a cheaper contract. Fox is on a max, a near max deal. Yeah, exactly. He's and he's, he's in his second year. You still have him for three more years under a good salary. And that's what like, I'm saying. You have player control on, if you don't trade Halliburton, player control until 2025. And he's a restricted free agent in 2025. So you basically have player control until 2029. With Sabonis, he's a free agent after 2023. After next season, he could just leave for nothing. And look, I'll say this again. The, Pel- the, the Kings at best are an 11th seed. There is 10 teams in the West that clear Sacramento. The Warriors, the Suns, the Jazz, the Nuggets, the Mavericks, the Lakers, the Clippers, um, the Pelicans. Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, the Grizzlies yeah. that's nine. And then T-Wolves. there's one more. Um, T-Wolves, 10. There, there, there we go. 10 teams that are clearly better. So the I, would say not- that, I would say that the Pelicans are probably worse now that Zion's not playing. I don't know, but you have CJ. Yeah, but they're, they're two games ahead know. of the Kings like, right now, yeah, though. Oh, so yeah, maybe. And not. they're in the 10th seed right now. The Kings are two games out. I mean, they're tied with like the Spurs, and they're right there with the Thunder. Like, and think about how bad those teams are right now. So well, it's both like those teams are part of rebuilds. Yeah, so. that's what I'm saying. So because no, they're the only team outside the top 10 that hasn't accepted their fate of rebuilding. You look mm-hmm. at the Thunder Rockets, the Spurs. They're all accepting that they suck. The Kings mm-hmm. are like, oh, we're good still. Like, like you're the 12th seed. You're you're but you're pretending to be good behind a team that's rebuilding you're behind mm-hmm. san antonio and they're rebuilding like yeah, it's that's a embarrassing. Joke. i mean and demonta sabonis is going to get you what to the 11 seed i mean uh, congratulations man i mean good good for you guys Seriously. i must say though i'm excited to see indiana now that the um now that they, we don't have to be forced to watch that horrible sabonis turner front court i think turner is going to really shine yeah um and then yeah. you have duarte i mean brogdon hasn't played in forever but once you get that rotation back with halliburton that's going to be really fun to watch um it's going to be a lot more shots for all of them now. Levert isn't there either, but I think they're just, 
I mean, they, they weren't winning before, so I don't think they're going to be worse now. Um, and I think it's just going to give them a lot more freedom and a lot of the players are going to excel in their roles more because that front court that we were forced to watch for like the last three years was just horrible. It, just yeah, it made your eyes bleed. It was disgusting. I, I, I think Halliburton's playing tonight versus the, the Cavs. Yeah, he might be, I'm sure. Because I know McCollum's already played a game for the Pelicans. Like These players are, are playing games like really fast now. I mean, listen – I know for a fact I was a huge fan of Halliburton coming out of college. I wanted the Knicks to draft him at the yeah, time. I mean, I, I, I think yeah, a lot of people thought he was the best point guard in that draft. Maybe. I mean, he literally. One I mean, of them. Not, not one. He's obviously not better than Lamelo. Oh, is that was that the draft with um with uh, Morant and oh Lamelo? Okay, no, it was so that was twenty twenty with Wyatt yeah, and Lamelo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I think he I think he was considered like the second best point guard in that draft. Um, but we. We and he fell Killian, really far. Killian Hayes got took before him. That was terrible. Yeah. And Denny Avdia, too. I mean, w- the Kings made the right pick. They just they just killed themselves with that trade. It's it's like a backwards move almost. Yeah, they, they made the move because they think that somehow Fox and Sabonis can get the 11 seed or the, or the 10 seed, <laughs> the 10 seed at best. And then losing the play. You'll still lose. Even if you make the play in, you're going to get smacked, smacked. So it's definitely makes no sense. All right, let's talk about the Mavs and Wizards trade. The Mavs get Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans, and the Wizards get Porzingis and a second-round pick. Uh, honestly, I, I think it's a really good move for the Mavs. They unloaded Porzingis's massive max contract. Uh, they take on Dinwiddie's salary, but I believe it's only for this year, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it's next year as well. They do have three guards. I guess they were still trying to trade Jalen Brunson. They just couldn't make a move, so they kind of have to manage, you know, you know, his Dinwiddie's minutes and Brunson's, but overall, I think it's a huge W for the Mavs because you finally move Porzingis, his horrible deal. Um, they were honestly better without him. I mean, Luca just scored 51 last night as well. That's but, crazy. you know, in that stretch where KP was out there playing better basketball, they really never figured it out. And it seems like Luca and KP never really, you know, got along um, in of a sense. Because so, you want to deal with that BS. <laughs> I, I think it's a good move for the Mavs. Yeah. Um, well, really quickly, Dinwiddie's under contract for two more years after this year, actually. Um, so that's a little. Uh, but um, the, the win percentage the Mavs have had over the last few seasons when it's Doncic playing versus when it's both of them playing is nearly identical. So Porzingis, um, I mean, he put up he, he was playing a little better towards the end uh, in Dallas, but he really just didn't seem to have an impact on winning. But at the same time, I feel like First of all, Davis Bertans has like just completely fallen off, so he's not yeah, really a, he's not a terrible asset. contract too. He's not. A yeah, terrible and then Dinwiddie, um, like you had to match guards. I'm a huge Jalen Brunson fan, and I feel like I don't get why the Mavs keep trying to move him. I think he's awesome. Obviously, you have Doncic. Like you don't really need that much help at the guard position, and then yeah. you just signed Dorian Finney-Smith to that big uh, extension. So you're kind of like locking yourself down on a lot of these players, and they're not going to have a lot of financial flexibility. And you, no, you I, not I also have to remember that they signed Hardaway. In the offseason as well, so they're really stuck cap wise. I don't. I I think the the deals of Bertans and Dinwiddie are more movable than Porzingis was. Like, look, probably Porzingis yeah. was on a deal that was five years, like a hundred fifty yeah. million. hundred fifty million. And I don't million. even think they're. I don't even think they're going to end up moving Dinwiddie. To be honest with you, like I said, they were trying to move. And they Brunson. like the scoring. Yeah, they want to. Yeah, score I, I think they'll just move Brunson come offseason like come I don't know Brunson's playing really well though I don't know like yeah that's the thing I question the fit of Brunson and like um Dinwiddie like one of them has to go probably and like Brunson's really been playing well so I don't know but they've always for some they have like a they don't I guess they don't they've been shopping Brunson for a while yeah for a while now 
but it's, you know, about Porzingis, dude, I, I get that defensively speaking, he was playing a lot better this season. I, after having a horrible year defensively um, last year, Jason Kidd really made him buy in. Like, Jason Kidd has done a, a ter- terrific job with Dallas's defense, the second-best defense in the NBA. Like, nobody really talks about how good Dallas has been defensively. Jason Kidd's made them buy, uh, buy in. But, like, Porzingis shooting 28% from three, man. I mean, dude, you're supposed to be this three-point stretch of big sniper. And you're making 28%. These are these are looks that are wide open. You're just catching and shooting and you're you're bricking that hard. So I think like, yeah, he sucks. Like, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Sure, Bertans is on a five-year $80 million contract, which is also really bad. But I think it I think it ends a lot. I think it ends a little sooner than Porzingis is, if I'm not mistaken. And it's less money. It's a more movable contract. You can probably only have to pair like one second round pick. And no. But I don't know. See, it guys, ends in 2025. He's got four years left on it. That's a lot. That's a lot. Fuck would offer yeah. No, but listen. You see, Porzingis was playing well earlier, but yeah, he was playing well like when he got off the deal. Yeah, but he's a he's like a sit in the corner, shoot a three kind of shot guy. As that one year, he was absolutely yeah. One year he played really well. Man, he think about it. They definitely gave him that money prematurely. One good year and he made eighty billion dollars. I'm sure he's living the life. Like maybe Luca can. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Luca can make him because Porzingis. The problem with Porzingis is he apparently wanted a bigger role. And he was upset that he was kind of a spot-up shooter. Well, then be Bertans better at could, basketball. Yeah, because Bertans maybe could buy into that spot-up shooter role. No, that's he, exactly what he will. is. So that's, yeah. I think that's what they maybe are banking on with this deal, that Bertans can get back to that level. The you problem know, is, like, though, the Mavs are very stuck cap-wise, like we said. Like, think about it. They extended Hardaway. They're paying Dwight Powell some money. They're playing Kleba. Like, they, they just don't – they're – and then now that you just said they signed Finney Smith, like this team is locked into all these deals, mm-hmm. and the, the, this is not even close to a talented enough roster to yeah. be a top four seed in the Western they're, Conference. They're all solid players, and they deserve a little bit of a little bit of a payday. But it's tough to like play all pay all of them. It just really locks them in long term, and like they're just never going to be able to pair another star next to Doncic now, especially because he's on a massive deal starting next year. Um, so I, I don't know. Like you're never gonna win in the NBA without two stars, and I don't see Dallas getting another star. Yeah, honestly, points. I don't know. The more the more we think about it, like I think I think Dallas. Well, I don't know. It's this this deal is really confusing because Washington did certainly not win it though. Like you're not winning it for Washington by getting Porzingis to lure Beal in. I mean, this is your move to lure Bradley Beal in for a couple more years, adding Porzingis. I mean, Porzingis and Beal was gonna be like the worst duo ever. I'm just sorry, it's not gonna be good defensively speaking. I mean, they're, I don't know. It's, they're, it's not going to be that good. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. And they traded away Trez, too. I didn't agree with that at all. Um, I mean, for nothing. I'd rather, have, I'd rather have him on my team than Porzingis personally. But I don't – and then – but I don't, at the same time, Dallas, they might have won just a little bit contract-wise, but not – I don't even know. It's, it's, arguable, or it's arguable that they didn't win just because Bertans on that massive deal. I think Dinwiddie's deal is a little bit more movable. It's a three-year, $63 million deal. Three years, sixty-three million is is easy to move. And you guys, I think, overrate like offloading contracts. It's not that hard to offload contracts. You pair one, you pair like two second-round picks, and you can offload a seventeen, eighteen million-dollar contract. So I think I mean, be, so for like if there's like two years left, but like Bertans is under contract until twenty twenty-five. That's like, the, you're going to need to do a first-round pick for that. Like, think about where you're going to be in 2025. That's so far but away. I'll, I'll I'll give up a first-round pick to just get rid of him if he's playing bad, but. Maybe he well, can find, find a new home. I mean, I, I maybe mm-hmm. he can find a new. It's gonna be tough, but yeah, this move potentially. This move's tricky. It's. I think it's a slight win for Dallas, but I'm. I'm not even sure. Very tricky. All, All right, right, let's, let's move on. Um, 
winners and losers from the deadline. I'll start off with my winners and losers, and then we'll hear from you guys. I got the Sixers and Nets as my winners, as we already talked about before. Um, I just think both players, both of the main players in that trade are in better situations now. I also kind of like what the Pacers did for sure. Obviously, love Halliburton and getting rid of Sabonis. Uh, my big loser here is the Blazers. I just can't make sense of anything they did, as I talked about before. You traded away CJ, so it's kind of like, okay, you're entering a rebuild, and then you get some young pieces. But then you trade away that young piece in Nikhil Alexander-Walker for Joe Ingles, who obviously isn't going to play this year. He's got the torn ACL. He was just to, like, clear up cap, um, and then he's just going to leave in free agency. But it's just, like, illogical because nobody's signing in Portland. We, we already touched on this, but I just – I don't think the Blazers made good moves at all, honestly. So what do you guys think? Yeah, um, I'm going to give my biggest winner of the deadline – um, to the Pacers. I think just getting Halliburton huge. I think he's a, a future perennial all-star. I, I really do feel that way about Halliburton. Average 20 and 10 in his, really his first 24 games as a starter, average near 20 and 10. I mean, tw- first 24 games as a starter, I mean, that's hard to pick up that fast. I think he, you know, turned into a guy who's a very good playmaker, averaging 10 assists a game. Like, he's capable of that. Um, very efficient too, only like with 2.6 turnovers a game for 2.6 turnovers for 9.4 assists is very impressive. And then, you know, as a scorer can shoot the three, I think he, he play off the ball. Halliburton's a very good point guard. So that's, that's a and he's good defensively as well. He yeah, literally can do everything. He does everything. Um, for my other winner is the Sixers. Like I said, just getting James Harden in return for Ben Simmons, who would never play another game for you again. You thought you would lose all the leverage in the world you actually got the better player than Ben Simmons, which is shocking. We thought they would have to settle for somebody worse than Ben Simmons. That's a big W for Daryl Morey. Not wasting Embiid's prime and like at least just fighting, you know, just this is your chance to go strike on a championship now. Don't wait for Embiid to go, you know, get to 30 years old. Um, so that's huge. And then my losers, the Kings, I mean, obvious. And then LeGM is a loser because LeGM, you know, over the off season, he, he, picks Russell Westbrook over DeMar DeRozan. Um, then, you know, everyone thought he would be able to give those Leviction, <laughs> Leviction notices. Um, and he, he tried. He, he, tried to, he tried to trade everyone away, but nobody wanted that Taylor Horton Tucker. I mean, nobody wanted the over-reliable Taylor Horton Tucker. He, he went from a un, untouchable to unwanted. I mean, <laughs> they didn't want to give up. And- I don't know. Actually, I, f- I forgot to mention it, but I wanted to touch on the Lakers. I don't really think they were losers. Like, what what could they have done yesterday? No, I uh, I don't know. I, they were in talks I, with the Knicks. For- like, for what, though? What Cam Reddish. Running? You couldn't get Cam Reddish, or you couldn't get some, like, Eric Gordon. You couldn't get somebody because they didn't want to trade their 2027 second or first no, round. No, it's just that nobody wants a 2027 second rounder in Kendrick Nunn. Like, nobody no, wants apparently the Rockets offered the Rockets offered 2027 first. Russell Westbrook for, for John Wall. So you yeah, could like you, that, what does that do? Does John make Wall's better? slightly better. I, I don't know. I guess, but like Not I just I just think that the Lakers could have added camera. They could have added somebody. Like, you know, just I don't know. I think they would something. have to give up somebody that because listen, the only players they were willing to part with were Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn. And they're both horrible. But Kendrick Nunn oh, hasn't yeah. played this year. And Taylor Horton Tucker, an anonymous NBA GM, said it's one of the worst contracts in the NBA. So nobody wants it. He's horrible. <laughs> He's a bad basketball player. And people were I saying can't believe he, was they like, thought he, was un- he was untouchable. Like last yeah. Year. So like they, they couldn't do anything. And listen, at this point, like it really settled in with me. Like it finally set in the realization when they lost to that Blazers team the other night. Like this team just is not good. And they're not going to no make the playoffs. Them. Like they, like they, oh, they'll make the playoffs as a play-in, but like they're not do like they're just bad. Like it doesn't no, fit. Is Nothing it a guarantee fits. they make the playoffs? No, look at the play-in. They play the Clippers. 
I mean, you, uh, I mean, I consider the, the play in like the playoffs, but yeah, I guess you're right. Like, will they win a playing game? I don't know, but and who's a nine seed then to fight for the last spot? That nine seed will be the, pl- the team they play just, for that last chance I, game. It's like nothing the Lakers could have done would have been worth their time. Nothing legitimately. No, there's nothing they could have done to like fix their problems. You know, getting John, John Wall's the same player as Russell Westbrook. Obviously, not the exact same, but nothing would have been changed. They oh, were you screwed. Anyway. So no, right now the Lakers. So they have to play the Pelicans as of right now for the first playing game. Let's say they beat the Pelicans. Then they have to play for a winner-take-all game to get the eight seed, the winner of the Clippers and Wolves. Do they beat Clippers or Wolves right now? I mean, I don't know if it's guaranteed you beat the Clippers. Especially but the, the scary part about the Clippers, they're going to have everybody back by the then. The thing, though, is it's one game. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's I know, tough. but the fact that your season with a – like, I don't even – dude, ignore Russell Westbrook. The fact that your season comes down to one game with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, that's that's disgusting. That's a, that's a failure. I mean, that really is. All right, well, let me, let me do my winners and losers real quick. Uh, for the winners, I don't want to use any of the same teams that you guys did, so I'm going to say the Bucks. I think adding Serge Ibaka now that Brooke Lopez mm-hmm. is hurt and you kind of need somebody else to give, some, give you some minutes since, you know, Portis has been starting and stuff, I think that's a good underrated move. And then for the losers, I'm going to say the Knicks. Uh, their goal coming into the trade deadline was to free up, you know, and trade some veterans like Alec Burks, Fournier, Kemba Walker to free up some minutes for younger guys like Grimes and Cam Reddish. And you failed to accomplish any of that. Um, and then also in the sense where it's like you, you you took on Cam Reddish and then you were willing to give him away, I think, for like in the it was like a three team deal that we were involved in. It was just terrible. There's just no sense. Rose has done an uh, Leon Rose has done an awful job. And Derek Rose is also coming back soon. So the Knicks have 12 players that they need to find minutes for. It's literally not even possible. It's not. So it's sad because Cam Reddish got 20 minutes last well night. Last night. Well, played yeah. well versus the Warriors. It, they just it, there's no direction, no sense. And you're not winning now. Like obviously, you might not even make the playoffs. So why not, you know, load these dude, these veterans that they have could very much help, you know, contenders. Like Burks can help a contender. Same with Fournier, potentially. It's same with the, even know, Derek Rose. I mean, like. Just, just very dumb, and you know, honestly, I would, I at this point, just fire Leon Rose and Tibbs. Just fire. Yeah, I was gonna say, I read that all those guys making the decisions aren't on the same page, so it's hard to get anything done. Yeah, um, well, apparently, Tibbs, Leon, Tibbs didn't know, want um, Cam Reddish, and then they traded for him, so he didn't want to put him in rotation. You know, so what I'll say, just, though, I don't know. Leon Rose obviously made a mistake. Like I don't know, Leon Rose, I guess, made a mistake this off season. Although I will say, guys, I mean, Fournier really is playing so well. Like, I mean, like, it's not even a, I'm like, like, he's averaging like 22 points. Like, he just keeps putting up 20, 25, 28. Like, you have to accept that Fournier is just a good play. He's doing like 41% from three on the season now. Tough with that contract, though. Like, it's just. Yeah, but, uh, dude, it's going to be three years left after this season. In the offseason, you might get positive. I mean, he's. Dude, the guy's literally shooting 41% from three. I mean, you just have to, at some point, give up the whole thing that he sucks. He's he's a good player. He's if they just, can't deal him for anything, he he's clearly not valued amongst other, like other teams. I don't know. In February, five games, twenty-one points a game, forty-five percent. I mean, even in January, averaged sixteen points a game, forty-six percent from three. That's a gets again five games in February, twenty-one. I mean, they points just gotta a game. move. They gotta move on. They gotta restart again. You I know, think Fournier could be a piece that you could just keep on the team. Like I don't think it's the worst thing to keep Randall, Fournier a shooter. Randall's been playing better on this and road Randall's stretch. Randall's been playing really well, yeah. But listen, you, you've played four games on this road stretch, and you've won one. You know, he's playing well, and we're still know, not winning games. But so think like, about it, last it shows season, you that this team is just not good enough. They're not good enough. Think about last season, though. We were in, we were 27-28, and 28, the Knicks. 
55 games into the season. Like we were, we had, we went on that massive like 10 game win streak to really propel us to that four seed. But before that, we were fighting for that eight, nine seed. So, you know, I mean, obviously it won't happen this year, but like Randall could, pl- if Randall plays well and we still lose, I'm happy with that. If Randall could somehow get back to that all NBA level, man, I mean, dude, that's yeah, all we so. want. That's all we want. We don't even need anything else then this season. Let's elaborate on the Bucks for a little bit. Enough with this Fournier talk. I mean, the defensive lineup, they've just you know assembled. You, is you know you love him. I mean, Serge Ibaka at the five, Giannis, Middleton, Grayson Allen, um, Drew, Holiday. Drew Holiday. I mean, they're just they're just ridiculous. They're, they're my favorites to win the title coming out of all of this mess that we've had. The Bucks are my favorite right now. They got the experience and they have depth. I, I just, I love, I love this Bucks team and just defensively. They're like the one team who I think can really kind of build a wall and kind of slow down and beat a little bit. Um, they can match up with anybody. Like they can, ma- they, they have bodies to put on Durant too. Like there's nobody that like sticks out and is like, we can't stop this guy. So, and then obviously nobody can stop Giannis either. So like they, they have all the weapons they need, I think to repeat. Tell you the Bucks are, um, they're beating the, uh, the Nets. They're beating the Nets. Yeah. Sorry to break it to you. Probably being the Sixers too. I would say they're the favorites as of now. I'm talking about in the whole league too. I think they beat the Suns. I think they beat the Warriors. Man, Phoenix. I I love how they're playing, man. I, I love how they're playing game. great. But like, listen, I just can't buy that much into regular season basketball. And I just don't like you saw it last year in the finals. Who's going to stop Giannis on the Suns? They they don't. Have, yeah, like, no, but I mean, yeah, he's what he's for fifty in that last game. Oh my god, like, come on. You know what's crazy too is we kind of made fun of all like the hospital ring last year. It maybe turns out that like. That really wasn't a fluke finals. We could see that same finals again. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't likely. really, I don't really like to discount that Milwaukee ring. I do think the Nets would have beaten them if they were healthy, but I still think the Bucks were like clearly the second best team in the whole league. So it's not like they like the Suns legitimately got lucky last year. I mean, they played. I know, against, but dude, this no year, AD, are they no not going to Murray? Are they not going to win the West this year? I mean, it's looking like they, they, they win could. The West. They yeah, could probably um, win the West. It'll it's be either them or Fe- it's either them or Golden State. There's no yeah, other team. That can really aren't they ahead of Golden State right now? Yeah, they're by four they're and a half by like four or five yeah. games. Yeah. They, they've taken themselves. They they given themselves a little bit of comfort. That doesn't really matter though. I, I know, mean, but I don't they're, like- dude, they're, but dude, uh, let me tell you something. From watching the Knicks, war- I mean, obviously the Knicks Warriors, they need Draymond back first of all. But yeah, like I think, but he'll be back. Phoenix, yeah, I think Phoenix is just a better team than but Golden State. You know what? Too, you guys like we, we talked about this last year. Having the one seed is going to give the Suns a major advantage come playoff time. It really is. Like, it's so much easier to get to the finals when you are a yeah, one or two yeah. seed. And, you know, we could discount the regular season not being important, but it helps. It helps. Because in the first round, you usually get a, you know, cakewalk matchup and you play less games. You, you're not out of gas. It's it's a very big advantage. I mean, we, we, we heard it from the Clippers. They were done. Even KD said with the Nets, they were done. They were out of gas. Like, What if, mm-hmm. what if we get the Clippers-Suns first round matchup 1-8? That would be like I feel like I be, Suns always get the good. worst first round matchups. It feels yeah, like that's definitely like the matchup back years. Like that's definitely the matchup you want to avoid because I mean they should Paul George should be back soon I think but I just I don't know I feel it's like be interesting he, he he's kind of like in that territory where it's like they said he'd be back in three weeks now it's been like a month and it's like I don't know yeah but I don't so. think the Suns fear anybody to be honest though I don't think they fear playing the Clippers I, th- I think they think they I think they might still win even if the Clippers are fully healthy. I still think they could win. Yeah, like I, I just think the Suns, like you, we have to start putting respect on their names. I feel like a lot of like they were the two seed last year in the regular season, and you know, sure the Lakers obviously were hurt, but the Lakers, I mean, like they really haven't proven anything to like say like if they were healthy they would win. I mean, like it just not at all, like, not at all, not. We gotta no, stop. I agree with that. Lakers. I just we gotta, we gotta. I think you're right. After the Portland game, where 
you know, CJ Ellaby in the starting lineup. CJ Ellaby. And Anthony <laughs> Simons drops 29 points on you and Westbrook doesn't even play and you still, like, you, you lose, like, come on. Like, we got to stop taking them seriously. They're not. There, we can't. We the gotta is stop. LeBron and AD play so well. The problem all along, though, is the supporting cast is just so bad. Like it's. it's well, that's what so, we so talked bad. about. That's it. Why you don't trade too. Russell Westbrook, or you don't trade like eleven role players. You weren't. Him. You weren't in such like we talked about it. What if you just re-signed Schroeder and got Buddy Hield and somebody else instead? Oh, and by of the way, what if you picked Alex Caruso over Taylor Horton Tucker? Or yeah. by the way, what if you took Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry over fucking Russell Westbrook? You'd have a starting lineup of Lowry, DeRozan, oh, and they get LeBron, and Lowry and DeRozan. That would have been the best team. You have Caruso off the bench. Yeah. I mean, like, oh my That's god, they, god they made every wrong personnel decision. Like, and then everybody laughs. At that. Like when the Lakers signed these guys, and then Lakers Twitter is like, oh, these guys are incredible. The one signing they hit on was Malik Monk. Melo's been horrible. He had a good start to the season. He's horrible. And which he's I predicted, by the way. Yeah, because he's old. When you sign 38-year-olds, that's what happened. You can't play 82 games. It's the same thing with LeBron. Everybody's like, oh, he's still just as good as ever. He misses like every other game. Like, no, that's what I mean, happens with these guys. Okay, LeBron is literally – like, don't say LeBron's not playing well. He's averaging 37 Listen, and seven. I don't care. LeBron, LeBron's impact on winning has been diminished. It's like Michael Jordan with the Wizards. He was averaging like 25 a game, but they weren't winning shit. Michael Jordan like, was averaging cares. 25 a game in the Wizards. He was like 21. Sure he was. His first year with the Wizards, he, he was averaging 25. And the second year before he got hurt, he was averaging like 20. It wasn't 20. Those are factual statistics. Oh, I, I, no, 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 no. We're, we're holding on to this podcast. I'll go to talk to us. Look, he averaged 23 his first year, and he averaged 20, 20 the second year. Before he got hurt, he was averaging like 26. He, okay, but it's the fact that his impact on winning is different. They don't play defense. The the year the Lakers won the championship, yeah. they were number one in defense. None of these guys play defense. They're number 18 you know, like, now. In defense. And, and you'll see like one clip of LeBron like getting a steal, and it's like, okay, what does he do the other 400 possessions of the game? Like, they they and then like Russell Westbrook this this trade could not have gone worse as a Russell Westbrook and Lakers hater I could not have envisioned a situation this bad but I it's mean, not everybody knows it too anyone that watches basketball as soon as this happened we all said this was be this would be a disaster and some people were still holding on to the fact that they could make it work the reality is I admit Russell, that was me that was me because I I really just thought LeBron would just Russell like, Westbrook ah, doesn't impact doesn't have a positive impact on a winning team it's clear no and I agree with that but like once again, like I thought LeBron would make it work. I thought they'd win like fifty something games. Like I just, I could not have envisioned this. I thought they'd be good, but I didn't think they'd win the title. No, I didn't it's, either. It's crazy though because like the um, what's it called? Like when you look at like last year's team, the Lakers. But no one remembers this. But before like AD got hurt and LeBron got hurt last year for the Lakers, they were the one seed in the West. Like they were twenty one and like four. Like they were, they were, they have to, they got to like an incredible start or not 21 and four, but it was really, it was like 16 and six. It was yeah, a really were, good start up. where they were the number one seed in the West. Then they mm. get hurt. Like that team last year, they, they probably should have just ran it back. If we really think about it. Yeah. The, like same thing though. Like these players have one bad game. Like they ran Schroeder out of town for no reason. Um, And for his price, he's definitely better than Russell Westbrook. I mean, he's making $6 million right now. With the yeah. South. That's definitely better than Russell Westbrook. And they were trying to trade for him at the deadline as well. They were trying to get him back. Like, just a disaster. And, and look at Kuzma. Check, look, the look Lakers were 21 and six last year at one point. Even, so. even look at a guy like Kuzma, though. He's thriving in his new situation now. Like, you would have yeah, just no, been better off. Kuzma, Casey, Casey Peake. You've been better off just keeping those guys. You really would have. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. move on to some talk to us Thursday. Um, it's not even Thursday. I mean, it's not even Thursday, but the fact is, this was our podcast for Thursday. We moved it back to Friday because, I mean, we thought it would be better for the trade deadline sakes. 
also there was some complications where we were supposed to record at 8 p.m. Thursday. But I mean, this honestly works. Oh, we could have recorded by the time I got, I got home. Yeah, I got, I guess I got home at like eight. Honestly, this is not that bad. I don't know. I think we should just stick with Thursday, but like, this is also pretty good too. If like, we ever have an emergency situation like this again, because I mean, I don't have any class on Friday anyway. So it's, it's, yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. All right. So let's answer our first question from Cole Kids 31 who has some amazing questions. I mean, Cole Kids really went all in. Um, so we're going to actually answer two of his questions because, I mean, he's got some incredible questions here. Um, first off, who you got taking a free throw to save your life, Ben Simmons or Shaq? So he said they had 15 attempts, but let's just say they have, like, one attempt. And, like, I'm you picking need Ben Shaq. Simmons or Shaq. I was going to go Shaq, right? Yeah, he's from North. I'm going would, Ben Simmons. I'm taking Shaq. <laughs> His location has nothing to do with it. I just, <laughs> I'm going with, we just, Jersey, just my dad grew up in the same town of him. He's going to want to save me. That's fact. Uh, <laughs> That's fact. You know. put it all on the line for me. You know, Shaq grew up in the same. T- yeah. So hometown, I'm going to hometown Shaq, hometown yeah, Shaq. Me too. Um, <laughs> dude, we had a, we can make a Q and a answer. These, these are so funny. Um, favorite superhero. Um, from a man, Cole Kids as well. Going Spider Man. So everyone thinks I look like Tom Holland, dude. In my fucking sociology class, these kids like go up to me like, "Are you are you Peter Parker?" Like the kid made a joke to me. Like, I don't know. I don't know why but, everyone thinks I look like Tom Holland, but I, I don't. But Spider Man, I'm only six. <laughs> <laughs> great, um, great YouTube series. Okay, and um, Spider Man six is that like? Spooderman is like it's like a mock of like regular Spider-Man on oh, YouTube. Oh, okay, the okay. worst cartoon ever. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um let's see. Um will Gronk retire because of Brady? Yeah. Or or will he go to the Bengals? It's Gronk? weird that he hasn't announced it yet, right? Like it's weird. It is weird. He said he's I gonna mean, take it for time, but I don't know. I think he's gonna, he's gonna retire. retire. Not gonna yeah, play I, without I Brady. Yeah. And then um Let's see this. Do you think Adams will go to the Bears? Why or why not? Devontae Adams? High bomb seven. Yeah, Devontae yeah, there's, Adams. There's been rumors. They're willing to offer him about $30 million a year. And the $30 former, million for a receiver? That's like crazy. Yeah, the former Packers quarterbacks coach, Luke Getze, went to the Bears uh, as well. And him and Devontae Adams had a really good relationship. He was like one of the first people to text him, like, congratulations um, when he got hired. And he was like, really excited for him. And he was kind of pushing for him to get that job. So, I don't know. I just think he's going to get tagged, though. That's my thought. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, the, the Packers have complete control over that situation. That's so weird. Also, 30 million situation. for a receiver? Remember, though, like what Josh Norman did, like they tagged him and he just didn't show up. Like, and, and you, we look at Harding, dude, even in the NBA. He forced himself out of two situations in two years. I mean, it could be done. It's a players driven league now. All right. Mm-hmm. So now we got from our man, Pancake. He says, Give your final score prediction of the Super Bowl exact in the final play. Final 24 21. Matthew Stafford kneel down. Rams win. Yeah, I was gonna say that I'd put my money on a kneel down. That's definitely the most likely. Like, I'm not gonna say like a Jamar Chase 17 yard pass. Like, what? No, no, Um, I'm gonna say this Jamar Chase 17 yard pass after the Rams are down, after the Bengals are down 34 21. And it'll just be a pass like in garbage Ooh, time, like the last seventeen. No, 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 no. But listen, the Super Bowl always has a weird score. It's never thirty-five. Like it's like it, there's always 30, a weird. Score. Okay, 30, 31 to nine last 33, year. Like, 33, there's always like a safety. I'm going thirty-six to twenty-nine. Rams. <laughs> <laughs> Those are, we we all know these are not going to be right, but I mean, just watch, know. just wait, please, just wait. All right, we will, we will. <laughs> um, and then from our man, um. 
a lot of Harden Philly trades, but we obviously already covered that. Um, let's see this. Let's just shout out Brooke Buchanan, who says, love the pod, keep it up. Predictions for Aaron Rodgers this offseason. Packers. Packers. I think he's just going to get, like, he can't get tagged, but, like, what? No, they said, they said, like, I don't know. I mean, they like, said his, uh, like, the situation was, like, better than it was heading into last offseason. And they said they were, like, willing to offer him, like, a massive contract. So, honestly, we could just see, like, a massive potentially one-year deal. They tag Devontae Adams. They run it back one more time and then. Carry on with why can they not just why can they not just keep them both for like four years? Why do they why do they want to like move on so bad? Rogers just really wants a lot of flexibility. And when he signed this like new contract before, like for this season, he gave himself that option. But they said his relationship with Gudikins is like obviously better. He stayed in a few days in Green Bay after the season to talk with the floor and everything. So like they don't know yet. And I don't know why he continues to do this because it's kind of like almost a distraction at this point, where it's like every offseason, like he, he doesn't know, like just commit. Um, but I don't know. I, I think he's going to go back to the Packers for at least one year. You got to remember the, the NFC is going to be a little weaker next year without the Bucks as well. Yeah. No. What about the um like whole situation with the cap space? Like they were like what? I mean, 60- they're forty four million dollars over. Yeah, don't but, make it work for Aaron Rodgers. Like I would cut every single player on the team to get Aaron Rodgers back. Dude, the roster might be really bad then. I mean, if you do that, the rosters the rosters good. They have like. I mean, they figured it out with a makeshift offensive line pretty much with the whole season with Ellen yeah, Jenkins out and Bach. But, like, you know, they they fucked themselves when they paired Aaron Jones all that money as well, considering A.J. Dillon, you know, was just as good. And then, you know, Tunyon's a free agent. Like, they have a lot of free agents. Devondre Campbell, who they are paying nothing. Tunyon's and first team off the pro. Like, Devondre Campbell's a tough one. They, they're going to have to pay him. But, you know, you could cut Preston Smith, cut to Darius Smith. You got some good, a lot of production from Rashawn Gary this year. They can easily figure out the cap space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, that's going to be it from the Sneaky Sports Podcast, Season 4, Episode number 12 on this Friday, February 11th. Thought it was the 13th for a second. Don't know why. But um, yeah, um, that's going to be it from us. Next weekend, I think, is All-Star Weekend, so I'm excited for yeah. that. NBA All-Star Weekend. We get the Super Bowl this weekend. I mean, really, I'm, I'm just so excited for NBA season heating up. The Eastern Conference playoffs are going to be so fun with a net Sixers potential for a second round matchup. That, that would be insane. Um, and also just, you know, the Super Bowl is happening. And NFL free agency in a month. I mean, this is really like one of my favorite times of the season. I think a lot of people don't like it, but I love like the draft season for NFL free agency with like the NBA getting into the playoffs. That's like an exciting I mean, part. Yeah, it only really drops off that bad. Like it only gets that bad come, you know, summertime, I guess, like June. Yeah, it doesn't get bad until the NBA Finals ends, which is, but this year's gonna be June because it's not gonna be like the last year with July 30th yeah. ending. That's gonna be tough. Last year we had it kind of luck. We got lucky last year with like, you know, the season ending late. But yeah, hope. I, I wish they would do that every year, man. Like, why do they not just make the NF the NBA start December 20th? Because you need the off. The guys need the off season too. It's not fair. No, I know, but, but just like you had it. No. Because you had it, COVID gave them an opportunity to make it go late. Yeah, but they also lost ten games. They're not going to do that again. No, if you because look at this. Remember, they ended July thirtieth, so you start December twenty fifth. Yeah, but they 25th. played seventy two games last year. Yeah, so you start December twenty fifth instead of July thirtieth, or instead of like October twenty. Like you'd give them a longer off season actually. And then I you don't just know. Keep going from December twenty fifth to like July thirtieth each year. That would be fun. I think that would be much better because then August would be like the only dead month. And like also too, it would be better in a sense like you don't have competition. Like the NFL destroys the the NBA season early on. We see obviously they don't have the TNT on Thursday night night football. Like it's 
and it's overshadowed until this point. You know, now we have the Super Bowl, and then after the NBA will start to take main focus. But you know, the NFL is just always, always there. Like even yesterday, NFL honors, even though you know the well, M- NBA really took over yesterday. I feel like that. yeah, but at night, once the NFL honors came on, you know, they took the wave back. It's the NFL is just dominating. And I don't know. I I really enjoy. Back, like, I mean, I know the uh, like some of the NBA videos I've been making recently. I've been doing. I think NBA is starting to pick up. Like hopefully. Well, yeah, obviously. I now, just enjoy making uh, NBA like stuff, because so. of the timing. Yeah, but yeah, we'll see. NBA is definitely my favorite sport. I don't know. I I just like love the NBA. I don't know why, but I like the NFL too, you know? Definitely for sure. Um, But yeah, that's going to be it. And I will see you guys in the next one. Peace out.